0: Welcome back to the Changemaker Podcast. I'm your host, Deke Copenhaver. Today, my guest is Sadie Crossick. Sadie is a part of the Community and Economic Development Office of the Georgia Municipal Association. She's the Managing Director for Georgia Forward and and Placemaking. Prior to working for GMA, she served as the Economic Development Director for the City of Monroe for nine years. Sadie lives in Monroe with her husband, Brian, and their four children. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Sadie.
1: Welcome to the Changemaker Podcast, hosted by Deke Kopeneva. Deke is the author of The Changemaker, a Forbes publishing book that has reached number one on Amazon on multiple occasions and in multiple categories, like management skills and total quality management. During this podcast, Deke interviews changemaking change-making leaders, Deep currently operates Copenhagen Consulting, where he helps local governments and other public organizations maximize their potential. He's also a sought-after public speaker. We hope that the change-maker has an impact on you today, and that you find takeaways that make you a better leader in your life. Now, here's Deep. Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: <laughs> well, we're so glad to have you here, and you you know my fondness for georgia ford which is now a part of uh, of gma i was a, one of the founding board members still serve on the board today and i, I just think that the work of georgia ford is so important so for our listeners and viewers could you explain to them a little bit about maybe the the history and and the work of georgia ford
1: i'd be happy to and you jump in because you know probably more than i do <laughs> about it but um the goal of Georgia Forward, it's a nonprofit board that is now under the umbrella of the Georgia Municipal Association, and the goal is to bridge all the different parts and components of the state of Georgia into one Georgia, not like a metro Atlanta only and in South Georgia and rural, but we're one state, we're one group of people and trying to find common goals and common ground, and Georgia Forward has kind of led the way in having challenging conversations as a state of how do we solve our own problems. Anything yeah, you'd and, like
0: to add to that? So. Oh, well, I, I just think the work is so important because so, so often I think people base their opinions or their views on states or organization based on what they see in the news media. And so at times, you know, we've had some hotly contested political races and maybe the nation thinks we're, we're really split as a state. But for P, I really want people to know that there are leaders from across the state that banded together years ago to really start proactively addressing these issues.
1: Yes. And, and I think trying to find and discover that we have a lot more in common than we have differences and yeah. how can we come together with our differences and join forces for the good that we want to see all across the state.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting to me cause I, I see it. I mean, we, some people think we're horribly politically divided as a nation. Well, I think the extremes that might be true, but I don't think most people are in the extremes. And I see at our state government level, you do have people working across party lines to really help make a difference in the state of Georgia. And I know Georgia Forward is focused on working with people, elected officials, business leaders, but just across, as you say, all lines.
1: Mm -hmm. For sure. And one of the main programs that we're trying to do is develop that leadership pipeline within the state of Georgia and to build that camaraderie and partnership among a diverse population of young leaders who may fall at all different places on the political spectrum, but we can't agree that we love our cities and we wanna serve our neighbors well. And how do we do that? How do we grow as leaders? And, and I'm talking about the Young Game Changers program, which is a leadership action program of these values at work.
0: Yeah, and it's, it is such a great program. We actually had Young Game Changers here in Augusta a few years back. And it, it's just, it, as you say, it is so cool to see young emerging leaders from across the st- state, from, you know, the metro Atlanta area, from rural Georgia, from midsize cities, working together to come up with creative ways to address the big picture issues facing communities.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, when I was in Monroe, we hosted a Young Game Changers um, class as well, and it was huge for our community. It actually got locals engaged that had never been engaged. And these were gifted, dynamic leaders. They just didn't know how to pour that out in their own community, or maybe they didn't have an on-ramp to do that. And Young Game Changers gave them the opportunity. And it brought outside eyes in, so they were able to look at our challenges in ways that we couldn't do on our own. And so it's, it's really unique. I don't know of another program that brings that kind of perspective to a local community, and it's so good for the local community to have to ponder these questions and open themselves up and listen to a younger generation and different perspectives and from cities that are very different and cities that are similar and learn from each other. It was really transformative for us.
0: And I I think it's so important to engage that younger generation of leaders. And I had an opportunity to play golf in a tournament with a young lady, 20-something years old. Um, she's with a company called Net Abstraction here in Augusta. But she initially came here five years ago thinking that she was only going to be here for a year. Well, now she just bought her first house. She's been here five years. But she was talking about how much she loved the community. And it, it made me just a fresh set of eyes is always a good thing. I remember when Young Game Changers was here in Augusta, we, I was speaking for one of the meetings. And I said, well, what do you think of Augusta? And most, most of the class, other than the ones that were local, had actually never been to Augusta. And so they said, oh, my gosh, it's so cool. We were out on Broad Street last night, and we had such a good time and everything. I'm like, well, when you go home, please tell your friends about it. But that, that yeah. fresh perspective and fresh set of eyes is just, it's a cool thing to see. And, you know, we, we all know what some of the issues we have as communities are that we face. But but really, to have somebody proactively come in and bring in that fresh set of eyes, it's it's invaluable for communities.
1: Well, and you're exactly right about opening even local eyes to the good that you have. Yep. I and mean, sometimes you get so used to it, you you just don't see it anymore. You You see it so much, you almost become blind to it. And we just started this year's class in Dalton, Georgia, at the end of April. And one of the big feedback comments we got from the local Dalton Young Game Changers was, we we didn't even see our community this we didn't know all that we had we we weren't aware of how much work we had already done or our community the foundation that had already been laid because they're just seeing where they want to go and almost can't even see the incredible foundation and that they're standing on and so for them it just get it deepened their pride and appreciation for their own community even though they're facing they're really looking at some hard questions and they're going to be addressing difficult challenges but it ended up being something that brought out a lot of good for them as well.
0: Well, it, it's always been interesting to me. Sometimes we look at generations and we paint with a broad brush. So I'm generation X, you know, we were shoegazers and everything and I I do love grunge music, I will admit that. But I I know people of my generation that are tremendously successful that weren't, you know, we were lazy too, but but I, I look at the millennial generations and Gen Z and people say, oh, they don't want to work and all this. But my experience, so yesterday, uh, the young lady I was playing in the golf tournament with, we were ta- I was talking with her boss about he had not been able to have children. My wife and I were not able to either. She said, yeah, I don't want kids because I love work too much. And I think that I'd feel guilty about leaving them when I go to work. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like, like the preconceived notion of not a millennial at all. At all. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's amazing. It's been, it's really enjoyable to um, be with this, this group of 50 young game changers that started in Dalton, because one of the first things we did was kind of evaluate their, their gifts and their skills. And so the room, everybody learned about each other. They listed how they work, how they think, and they're all hard workers. They're incredibly driven as a group. And that's, you're right. it's encouraging to see and, and very different than maybe how I approach my career or life, but they have their goals. They know what they're doing. And partly that's what that program attracts is people yeah. who know they want to develop and grow. But I mean, this, this group of young game changers and, and the groups that I've interacted with, they want to leave a legacy. They want to live leave an impact. They want to yeah. grow and develop and they want to make a difference in the places they love. And I mean, like your friend you're mentioning, she didn't expect to fall in love with Augusta. You can't help what you fall in love with. And that's one common theme that we see is that the places they fall in love with, they they want to serve them. They want to leave an impact. They want to make a difference there. And that's really valuable. And, And that's what Georgia Forward is about, is cultivating that and helping future generations continue to learn how to do that and teach the next generation how to do it.
0: Yeah, well, we have a young lady that works for net abstraction as well. It sounds like I'm doing a commercial for net abstraction, (laughs) but uh, her name is Ivy Teston. And so she's from here. She went to the University of Georgia, moved away, and didn't think there was anything for her here in Augusta and came back. And she loves what she's doing. Just the culture of that company is truly amazing. But I was in a meeting about a month ago saying, you know, how do we improve the culture of the city of Augusta? And I said, well, it really, and it gets back into the young leadership. I said, you know, Ivy and McKenna from net abstraction, one of them is from here and didn't expect to be back here, but is finding things about the city she loves. And then I find, find out that the other one who grew up in Houston, went to the University of Alabama, only intended to say a year, but I'm like, that's if you want to change the culture or put a new face on the city, they need to be a part of that.
1: For sure. Yeah. Well, I, that's my story with Monroe. I didn't expect that to be our lifelong home, but it's become home. It will be home that my kids know. And when we first made that move, it's a smaller town. And um, we were moving from a larger area. And so many people were asking us, why are Why are you doing that? Why are you going to Monroe? Yeah. Um, but we saw opportunity there. It just drew us this chance to really be involved somewhere, to really leave a mark. Um, and you know, nine years fly by and then you turn around and go, this is, yeah, this place, I care about this place. It means yeah. something to me. Um, and then, you know, after years of serving somewhere, you end up meaning something to that place too. Yeah. So it's really beautiful when that happens.
0: Well, and, and that's to me, uh, you know, I, I love seeing that. And I, I think sometimes as you say, we don't see the forest for the trees. You know, I I grew up in Augusta, I went to Atlanta for a while, then Beaufort, South Carolina and came back and appreciate it so much more because of the fact, I think that I've been away, but I think what happens and I I would share with people, I was in office, it's hard to make a case to local citizens that your taxes are low. If that's the only situation, if they've only ever lived here, but I'm like, go to Atlanta and look at what your tax bill would be in Atlanta.
1: Mm -hmm. You kind of have to appreciate what you have. Sometimes you have to be in something else where you don't have it (laughs) for sure.
0: Exactly. Well, let's get into, because when I've talked about, you know, having that discussion with local leaders, how do we change the culture of Augusta and make it more youth-centric? But you're also in the placemaking field. And so talk a little bit about that, about how placemaking for communities really plays an integral role in our economic development efforts. And I know you've had experience in economic development.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, and placemaking is a, a newer term. It's getting more popular now, but it's describing something that's been happening for a long time. And it's when there's a concentrated focused effort to make places special. Just that sense that, oh wait, I'm somewhere unique. I'm somewhere that means something to someone. Um, It doesn't feel like anywhere USA. Um, You can notice it when you kind of drive on a normal highway and then all of a sudden you start noticing, wait, the scenery just changed. Something's different about this place. I've entered into a a new place that just seems like it has its own identity. And so the idea that those things don't just happen. They happen when people intentionally make investment over time and so what placemaking is doing is coming alongside communities coming alongside um, groups of people honestly what young game changers does with with their work in a local community is help in that placemaking effort in some ways because they're identifying the assets that are already there they're identifying well this is what you have going for your community when we come here this is what we notice that we only notice here and they kind of help pull those things out because those are your strengths i mean that's what you have to work with is do what you can with what you have. And that's what placemaking is, is kind of identifying who here loves this place. Why do they love it? And how do we empower that more? How do we make more of that? How do we capture that in visual arts, in public events, almost capturing the spirit of a community and what makes it special? And so in some towns, they've noticed that our our theme is peacocks there's a lot of peacock feathers in Dalton for example and so they've leaned into that like that's special that's I guess we didn't realize that was kind of weird it's like those things in your family that maybe you didn't realize that was a unique tradition until you go off to college or you go somewhere you're like oh y'all didn't do that it's like that's what makes you special and so kind of identifying those characteristics in a community and then making them more permanent in the visual arts and in ways that the next generation can enjoy them kind of adopt them as part of their identity as well. So that's kind of a brief definition of what that means. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I'll get, I'll give a real world example of this that um, is very poignant for me. So when we were recruiting Starbucks, when I was in office, it, our, the other finalists with regards to getting this $170 million production facility and 130 new jobs that came with it, Florence, South Carolina was, uh, was the other finalist. And they, actually had a better incentives package than we did but Starbucks at the time felt like they liked our downtown better and they thought that we had a stronger arts and cultural community so mm-hmm. flash so we got the and since the facility announced they've doubled their foot footprint and doubled employment so strong arts and cultural community good downtown helped bring in you know hundreds of jobs and multi-million dollar investment But I was in Florence doing a piece of consulting work last summer and their downtown is now amazing. They partnered with their local university to do a performing arts center downtown. It's just their public art program is amazing. But to a person, everybody told me that they remembered why they lost Starbucks. And their planning director even told me that every new employee that they have they tell them that story and they say, this is why we're focused on our downtown. And mm-hmm. I, at the end of the program, I said, look, if you guys had had then what you have now, you'd also have they would to have gotten it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but I applaud you for using that as an impetus to go all in on your downtown and create that unique sense of place.
1: Yeah, I mean, because we want to be people of meaning. We want our lives to have meaning. And so we're drawn to places that have more, that feel like they have more meaning. And so that's a great illustration of why placemaking is economic development because it's not just making things pretty and, you know, investing in the arts and things that can seem silly, but they create that sense of identity and meaning that drive f- economic investment because this place values who they are it makes outside businesses coming in going, mm, well, they're probably gonna value us and we can attract talent that wants to be here because they'll wanna yeah. be in a place that has these amenities, that has a sense of community and culture that they can become a part of. Um, so that's a, that's a great example. I'm so glad you shared it because we focus on placemaking to set the stage and to almost lay that foundational groundwork so then they can do the broader economic development projects because it has to be more than incentives because they're going to be establishing their business here and attracting a whole group of people. And they want to have a culture that's going to be unique and healthy and strong. And so they want it to be in a community that can help mirror that outside of those walls. And and that's what we're seeing in economic development today, much more than build a building and they will come. It's build a place. And then that place attracts outside investment.
0: Well, and so often, and I, I was very you know, I, I worked a lot on our economic development efforts during my time in office, but I think so often, you know, local governments can get caught up in, oh, well, we've got to give the best incentives package. But a consultant with Starbucks said, every company is going to, you know, obviously you've been in economic development. People want good incentives packages. He said, but really, if you're looking to make a 20 to 30 year investment, You want your employees to be happy, so you want that good quality of life in the communities where you locate.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of goes back to that community having a sense of who they are and knowing their value. And um, I think companies respect that. I mean, yes, they want all the incentives they can get, and you have to get all those pieces together too, and you have to know your demographics and have the funding and the infrastructure. But that extra factor is, I don't know, this place just seems to have something special. Um, and it kind of, I almost equate it to, for my kids, for dating. It's like, you need to know who you are <laughs> so that you yeah. don't settle. And you make people work to earn who you are, to earn your presence. It's its kind of similar. When people have that confidence in who they are, you, you can get people to rise to a higher level.
0: Yeah. And, and that, for me, it wasn't hard to sell Augusta when I was in office because I'm like we have a low co- low cost of living, good quality of life, and we're an internationally known brand name of a city for being home to the Masters golf tournament, James Brown, two thirds of Lady Annabellum, and Jesse Norman, the youngest ever Kennedy Center honoree. And I'm like, how many other places can say that? But every place has something that makes them unique.
1: Exactly. Yeah, every place has value. Every just like every person has value, it's helping them discover that and believe it themselves.
0: That's, and that's one thing that I've always wished for Augusta because you know, there are kids that have never traveled outside the area, but I'm like, I wish they could go and experience when you tell somebody that you're from Augusta, it means something mm-hmm. because people know about Augusta. And I, I honestly, having the masters is great, but in the world of music, I mean, James Brown's reach in the entertainment world it is it's huge.
1: Yeah, for sure, definitely. And that's a huge that's a huge tourism draw. Tourism plays into all of this as well, which is, is a big economic driver. Yeah.
0: So um, tell us, tell the listeners a little bit though more about what the Georgia Municipal Association does. Too, I've had the opportunity to be on the board for many years. What another outstanding organization doing work on behalf of cities throughout the state.
1: Yes, yeah, so the Georgia Municipal Association is the nonprofit association of all the cities in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So, all of the 400 plus, actually 500 cities are a part of our association. And we come alongside and do training and support for newly elected officials, for downtown development authorities, for clerks, <laughs> for city attorneys. There's a network of city attorneys. We're basically helping our local cities. Practice good government and use best practices to be healthy cities that can be sustainable for the long term. So we also, as an organization, we also offer um, benefit programs for different governmental entities for cities as well. So there's a lot of different arms within GMA of things that we do for cities, and we also serve those cities as advocates when it comes to the legislative session at the state level and the federal level. So we're trying to to support and fight for policies that are going to help cities do the best work that they can do. Um, so one of the programs that I oversee with GMA is Georgia Forward and Young Game Changers, but it is also the Georgia Economic Placemaking Collaborative, which cities apply to be a part of this. It's a two-year program where they build a local team, and then we walk alongside that local team to help them develop their specific plan for placemaking. So we're helping them develop short-term goals, some lighter, cheaper, quicker projects that they can show some wins, and then kind of Begin to identify who they are, what assets they have to put together to attract the bigger economic development wins that could build on placemaking. So that's some of what we do. Um, and I'm trying to think. of Anything else you can think of that I didn't mention?
0: No, but but I will say one thing, and I I continue to, to tell people I'm I am happily politically independent. But what I love about GMA too, though, is it's nonpartisan. Exactly. It's not a Democrat or Republican nonprofit, it's there for cities and for uh, elected officials throughout the state, irregardless of their political party.
1: And really, we try to offer continuity because yeah. every couple of years, we could have 500 new elected officials in all of our cities in Georgia. I mean, that is a lot of turnover. And we've had some major turnovers in the last couple of cycles of elections in local cities. And so we can come alongside and say, we're still here to help you serve your citizens. And here are the best tools, the best practices. How else can we help? Yeah.
0: You know, and that's that's one thing that I do love about local elections in Georgia is that they are nonpartisan. And I wish I wish there was a way we could get more towards bipartisan partisanship, but it's I, I think that's part of the reason why I was hopefully effective as a mayor, is because I was like, Well, if I don't have to be partisan, why would I really want to align with the party when I'm just gonna alienate a huge percentage of the constituents I serve. Right. But that's very common sense. And I've been told that common sense has no place in politics, (laughs) but I think common sense should have a place every place.
1: Yeah, it is helpful most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, Yeah. no, I mean, I, I, my, the way that I've lived locally and that's why I was so excited to be a part of GMA is that same philosophy of we serve everyone. We serve all people. We bring what we have to the table and we do all we can to help those that we can help. And so it's great to be a part of an organization that, that that's the core value is serving cities and helping those local people do the best work that they can do.
0: That's I I think that's extremely, extremely well said. And once again, you know, it might not be something that you see in the mainstream media, see it broadcast on social media, but I, I just want to use every platform I have, to highlight people in leadership positions doing great work that that's not, you know, extremist. And I, I would say GMA is not an extremist organization at all, but it's a very, very effective organization and a great tool for local governments throughout the state.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, I agree. It's not entertaining or good clickbait, but it's really important work. And Yeah. You know, years down the road, when we look back and cities look back and go, how did we get here? They're going to talk about people that served well, made sacrifices, and were committed to their community. And that's what we want to empower and make possible.
0: And that's, that's what always inspired me, was being able to interact with local elected officials throughout the state that were in it totally to serve the public. And there are some great public servants throughout the state. There were when I was in office. I know there still are.
1: There are now, yes, and and a younger generation getting involved and trying to figure out what that looks like and how to do that well. And they're doing the hard work. They are doing the hard work in their community, next to their neighbors. They don't get to drive out of it and leave. When you're a local elected official, you are, you're local. You see them in the yeah. grocery store. You see them at church. You see them on the street. Like you are on all the time for your community, and that's hard work. Um, and it's really admirable and valuable. We, we need to support them and help them.
0: Well, I just want to say thank you for all that you do. It's, um, I'm so glad to serve continue to serve on the board and be able to work with an amazing group of people. But as we wrap it up, I want to ask you one thing. If there, what would it be? If one thing in a day puts a smile on your face and joy in your heart, what would that be?
1: I think it's people doing something they didn't believe they could do initially. So it's watching that spark of hope become believable for somebody yeah. where they go, oh, we could do this. We could do this in our community. We could, we could do this right now. You go, yes, like that's it. So I guess that's belief at some level, but watching somebody come alive and realizing it's possible, like things are possible. Let's just try it. Let's just do it. So I would say that.
0: Yeah, I think that that's one of the best answers I've gotten, but that is that (laughs) aha moment when people realize, yeah, I can, I got this, we got this, but that's, that's a wonderful thing to watch. And so great answer, but I will tell you, Sadie, it has been a pleasure having you today. Thanks for taking the time out to be a part of the show.
1: Well, thanks for asking me. This was great. Really appreciate it.
0: All righty, guys. Well, we are dropping the mic and we are out.